Welcome to They Just Get It. I am your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm excited today for a couple reasons. Not only do I have two fantastic guests on the show, Rick and Larissa, which I'll meet, introduce you in a second. This is our first episode where we've actually inter- interviewed two guests at the same time. So thank you guys for being uh, my guinea pigs, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a, ple- it's a pleasure. Um, I came across you guys. Actually, I didn't. I'll be totally honest. It was Julie at the front desk, um, one, of my, one of my biggest supporters, and one, the, the woman who makes my life a lot better on the day-to-day. She read the article that you guys did, the interview you guys did on CBC. And she comes in my office, she goes, Tyler, I think you should interview these guys. I think this is pretty cool. So I did a little bit of digging, and I know she reached out, and you know, willingly or apprehensively, I know you, uh, uh, Larissa agreed to chat with me on the phone to talk to me a little bit about it. So for anyone who hadn't read the article about Mount Pleasant Roastery, um, I'm going to turn it over to you guys for a second to tell us a little bit, of, what is Mount Pleasant Roastery? Larissa, you can dive in. I will, I, will, I will push you guys a little bit. So Larissa, we had a great chat on the phone, and you were super candid then. So let's just pretend we're on the phone, because Larissa and, uh, and Rick are not loving the microphones right now. <laughs> There's a little icebreaker. We'll that just let the true. audience in. This is a very real <laughs> podcast with real people, so that's okay. So tell us, how long has Mount Pleasant Roastery been around? When did we start? Uh, we're, it's been going for a few years now. Um, we started... I've always been a coffee roaster for, I've been roasting coffee for about 10 years. Oh, interesting. Okay, and, so this um, wasn't your first foray no, into it. No, I just, um, I think I was reading an article one day, and it was just about coffee that when, like, 1800s, late 1800s, there was no roasted coffee. When you bought coffee, you're a pioneer coming into Alberta or whatever, you'd get your beans green, and you'd roast them in a cast iron frying pan. That's how they went. And then, then so they you started... you really appreciated that coffee because you had to put some effort like, into it. Yeah, you put some effort into it. And um, so it was like, wow, that'd be kind of cool. So then I started looking around to try and find green beans. And I couldn't really find anything here, or I wasn't looking in the right places probably. But okay. I realized back in the West Coast at a place called JJ Bean, they would actually, they, they do it, sell beans to self-roasters. So you just go in and you say, I want so many kilos of whatever bean you want. And then they sell it to you at a, you know, a cheaper price than if it's roasted. And you roast what, what, what is the difference if I was going to go buy a pound of, can I buy, if I, just curious, if I was going to buy some green beans right now in a pound versus a, a, a finished coffee, what, what's the difference there? So a good green bean will be about $5 a pound. Okay. So if you're getting a custom roast, if you're going to one of the roasters here, you're looking between 15 and $20. Okay, so that's a split. Okay. So you are saving money, and it's fresher too, because the whole thing I want, that's kind of cool, I do my own fresh and I started looking online. You can do it in the pan, but I chose to do it in an old hot air popcorn popper. Oh, interesting. Okay. So you throw it because roasting is similar to doing popcorn because it does pop. It has a, it's called a crack, but it sounds like a pop. It sounds like popcorn. And it's popcorn. audible. You can hear it. I've never heard it. Never, that's, yeah, okay. That is actually part of the way you, when you're roasting it, to see where the bean is in the roast, you want it, you get, you could do first crack, and there's also a second crack. Ah. So it is. And you're just watching it, so you can actually see what's happening. So the popcorn popper went through a, through a few of those, because again... There was a few iterations. Yeah, and then your coffee, your popcorn does taste like coffee after that for a while. So. Okay, well, if you like coffee, I guess, I guess that's go. okay. It, it becomes a single-use tool, I imagine. Exactly. So then I kind of went to another one. There was a, a smaller, similar idea. It's a hot air popper, um, but it would do a third of a cup of a time. And again, I started doing it for myself, which is great, but then friends said, oh, I wouldn't mind some too. So I started using this little thing that made you know, a third of a cup, and I'm you know, trying to get some, some a quali- a quantity of beans out of it. So yes. I said, wow, that's not working anymore. So then, again, I was looking around, and I found a, uh, a roaster that was made in Korea, and it's actually kind of like an easy-bake oven. It's done with a halogen light, and that's okay. its heat source. 
and it's, it was very automated though, because you would then, it would, uh, you can put what kind of roast you want and kind of not really leave it, but it did everything for you. So it wasn't much interaction with it. Okay. Um, but Which compared worked. to almost like a full-time job before of trying to create an volume, yeah. now you've created the setting for yeah. the model. So then, and then I said, well, Larissa, I, I've bought this, right? <laughs> it, this where, is happening. This, where are you? I'm buying a roaster. What? Why do you need it? Okay. Well, I thought, you know, I'd try this out. And, and now this one did a kilo at a time. So now okay, I need so more beans. so now we get a little more serious. Yeah, so now we went from buying a few kilos of green beans at a time to now we're getting, oh, we'll get into the, we'll buy a sack. So a sack of beans could be 150 pounds. Okay. So 150 pounds of beans, you make sure you really like it, so you're kind of limited on what you want to do. You want to kind of get a bean you already know. And then that... Yeah, because you're committed. You've got a 150-pound yeah. sack. If you yeah. don't like it, you're, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of when the box came in because then it was, now I'm roasting all this coffee, not all, but it's still a kilo at a time, it's more than you're going to use. Do you drink more a lot of, do you drink a I lot don't, of coffee? I drink one coffee a day. Okay, all right. So, so that, you, you've got a, yeah, so then, <laughs> a consumption problem, but in the opposite uh, side. Yeah, so then she said, well, we could maybe put a box out front, and we can maybe put coffee out. And we started doing that. So we made a, I made a little red box for the front of the house. And, uh, and a logo. And a logo. Larissa did the logo up for us. And then um, I carved it onto a piece of linoleum. And then we, and so each bag was, Individually pressed with like a roller with ink. And we'd oh, okay, you guys built your like essentially your homemade. You like, yeah, so we were you, you made your own dye and then you were self doing it. Oh, and interesting. Was, so that's how I was. That's how we were doing the bags. And then it's getting to the point that more people started buying it. And I said, well, we I'm should, assuming this is all word of mouth at this point. Yeah, it is all word of mouth. And I'm saying, well, we may want to look at a bigger roaster. And then we started looking for a roaster, and we went. I was looking from all the way down in Texas to back in, in Montreal to okay. get a roaster. And it's, they're kind of... That was a big jump. It's, yeah, it was a big jump. It's like a, financially, it was a big jump, but it's also... Because at this wanna, point, it's, it's a hobby. It's, it's probably hobby. not self-sufficient financially no, at this point. No. So you're going in. Yeah, you're, yeah okay. And it, and it came to a point because I was roasting you know, five to six hours a week just roasting. And then I had to still make the bags. And it's like, well, we should really... And do a day job. And do a day job. Of so course, because it's, like, it's still a hobby. Let's it's just, still a hobby. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely. still a hobby. So then we got this, we found a roaster finally, and it was in um, Cranbrook. So we okay. drove out to take a look at it. And it was a couple that had a roastery in, I think it was Lethbridge or Medicine Hat. And they had closed it down. And this was just sitting in their shed. So it was in a heated shed, this roaster. Okay. But they hadn't used it for a while. So it's like, well, we went and looked at it, I hummed and hawed, and said, okay, we'll, we'll take it. So we had it shipped out. And then we went from, you know, a bag to buying it. Then it really kind of stayed, started taking off. And it was a lot, it was, for me, it was better too, because more, the choices in roasters is um, computerized or non-computerized. Okay. And this yep. is an older roaster, so it's 30 plus years old. So it's still more of a manual process, which I like. Okay. I work in IT and I want to be playing with computers. Yes. Like you can get into the whole thing of there's software for making profiles. It'll adjust your gas up and down. So you get more of a, a consistency between your roasts, but it's the computer doing it. You're still doing some of it, but I wanted the hands-on of, I want to hear the crack, I want to look at the beans, I want to smell the beans as they're coming out, know when to drop them, it's up to me when I drop them. And so that, I like that part Very of it. more of the artisan approach. Yeah, and that's what I like. Small yeah. batch, personal touch. Exactly. You so. can get it right, or you can also get it wrong. Exactly. <laughs> you and, can have you, a bad batch. And you, and you do get bad batches, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sure you do. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was quite interesting. Then we had to do them... Then we had a choice of now we're selling more beans so we can get selections of different kinds of beans. So now it's what do we want to get? And we found a really good importer in Vancouver we've been dealing with for the last couple of years. Okay. 
and they do own source their beans, so the beans are ethically sourced. And then beans are like fresh vegetables. There's different zones in the world when the beans are being yeah, harvested. Would, would make sense. Same idea. Yeah. We kind of sit with the we kind of I kind of like staying with the uh, the Central American and mm-hmm. beans, but you can get beans from you know, from Asia. We did at one point have a monsoon bean that came in, and it was um, a bean that they actually pick. Put them in these huge warehouses and let the monsoon rains wash them and dry, and the monsoon winds dry them. So the beans, instead of being green, they're actually a yellowy looking bean. Okay. And they were, they were an interesting bean for flavor because when you roast them, they actually had a flavor of almost like a chai. Like it had a milky flavor to it. Interesting. So there were quite so many factors to influence. Yeah. You know, we all just order a cup of coffee. You don't yeah. think necessarily what's behind it. That's right. So it's, yeah, it's, so there, there's lots of interesting beans out there you can try. So we're kind of still staying with the Central American. Okay. But again, they come in. So we've gone from buying a you know 150 pound bag to now our last order was a uh, thousand. And we just brought in another 300 because we're, we always have our Guatemalan, which is our standard. And then we have, from other regions, we bring in just for, there's some, some, some well, selection. You probably, have a, you probably have a fairly s- s- consistent customer base. Yes. Yeah. And people tend to, coffee is one of those things that I like what I like. This is my flavor. Yes. Why don't you have it? They do. It actually, <laughs> I'm sure you get into some customer interaction yes, for sure. Yes. So there, there are certain people, yeah, we know kind of what some of the people like. So we try and make sure we always have those beans for them. And well, do you guys have any idea of what you're, like, how many customers? Do you know? Like, I guess by, you know how many bags you sell. We don't even, we know how many bags we sell, but it's amazing how many Change. customers. Like, they've, you just be walking down the street and they'll, if you, Larissa's always talking with the, the folks because she's very. We're always out. Yeah, Seven-year-old and a mother. She's always out. You're out and about in the community. Yeah. Right. And it's, so yeah, it's amazing how many people do buy it. And now, after the CBC story, that was, it went from, because you, from kind of people in the neighborhood from people all over because then we were getting calls from uh, somebody out in Olympia, Washington wanted to buy it. We had this one fellow who really wanted it from Cornwall, Ontario. You know, my dad lives in Martintown, which is about 15 minutes from Cornwall. Oh. I was just in Cornwall like two weeks <laughs> oh, ago. Really? So, yes, I know exactly where you mean. I was yeah. just there, yep. So, and, yeah, it was just like... Very that's awesome. Next time I'm out there, I'll, I'll, I'll look him up. I'll yeah. drop a bag off for you. There you go. Yeah. My dad literally oh, is yes. 10 minutes from there. That's so that funny. That would be wonderful. It was <laughs> Barry from Cornwall. Cornwall is so random. My he dad probably lovely. knows him. My dad probably knows him. It's just, my dad's that guy. He knows everybody in town. So yeah, so we so the coffees we started roasting more, we're selling more bags, and then we're still hand printing each bag. So oh, so they're still it, you guys they, are no no they were hands. they were they were okay. And then I had my other idea. I said, Larissa, I found myself an old letterpress in North Vancouver. I'm going to go pick it up this weekend. And it's like, well, why do we need the letterpress? Well, that'll help with making the bags because now we can print a couple hundred bags at a time. So I went and bought a 1920s letterpress with a U-Haul, went, took a U-Haul trailer out there, yep. loaded it up, brought it back, and then that's what we're printing with now. So now we do a couple hundred bags at a time. But again, it's still the old process that, that it's almost 100 years old now. Mm-hmm. It hasn't changed. The quality is and great. It's still, and it works perfectly. It still works I'm, perfectly. I'm looking at one right now, and it looks yeah. absolutely, it's, it looks exactly like it should look. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, so it's a lot of fun. So I enjoy that. That's a lot of fun, just sitting there. Setting up the press, and once you get into the rhythm of it, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot well, of I, I really like what you said about working in IT, which is you know tangible but yet out in the ether, to coming down to something that is like you know quote unquote the old way. Mm-hmm. Physically, you know, I, we've got a can of maple syrup sitting here. I grew up in the environment where my grandfather would stand beside the evaporator and make 
syrup and you know how, how late are you going to be here tonight well once I make all the sap and that's just the way it goes there yeah. was and you'd have a good day and a bad day if you take it off too soon it's too thin you take it off too late it's too heavy mm-hmm. and that's the way it was and to think about everything now and even maple syrup operations in Quebec these massive operations versus the small guys that still just do it and it tastes mm-hmm. I would say better yeah. <laughs> like arguably yeah um Talk to about me. Talk to me about the the red box because I went last night because I didn't I didn't want to miss it. I had to have the experience and it had a very little free library kind of feeling to me of okay. like just it's a community. There's this box bolted to the wall. I'm going to put some photos up to go with the podcast. Okay. But what was the idea of just like we need a way to distribute this? We don't want a storefront. Let's put a box on the side of the house. Pretty much. I think Larissa, <laughs> Larissa could could fill in with this part because that okay. was her her idea. Ah, teamwork. So so what? Where did you get the idea for the box? Didn't we see stuff on Salt Spring Island? I think we saw like we were in Salt Spring Island one year and there was just uh <clears throat> we went to this pottery place and there was no one around but all his pottery was out and all he had was a cash box you can put money in he had one of those old credit card yes right you could do the, the, like, you could you could do your credit <laughs> card print <laughs> yeah yeah and, and but there was no one there I said that's oh, pretty trustworthy but it was pretty cool and yeah and I think that's kind of where the idea came from and and I bought something there, didn't I? I think you bought something there. So you had the experience yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And it feels good to to tr- to trust. It feels good to be trusted, and it feels good to trust. Mm-hmm. Like I know that can backfire, but you can't walk around. You know, you walk around with it, always thinking the negative. What does that do? That feeling of because mm-hmm. I did it last night, and I put the ten dollars in. I'm like, this was great. I just felt good about the whole experience. It was it was fun because it was it was interactive in a in a different way. That's mm-hmm. absolutely what it's about. I would say very interesting. And you have two. I only saw the one that was on the side by the fence, but I understand from the article that you had to right. install a second one. Sorry, expansion expansion plan expansion plan. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a garage at the back of the property. You guys have this great, cute little property right on the, on the corner and in the back alley. I'm assuming the garage is where the magic happens? Uh, that's actually Larissa's art studio. Oh, interesting. So very hands-on, as you're saying. Yes, hands I love on it. Hands-on and hands-on. Yeah. I think which is a huge, going back to that physically doing something that you can see the output from, there's a lot of value, there's a lot of value in that, especially in a world where you don't always get to see that. Mm-hmm. You just do your work and the day passes and not, doesn't always something shows up as finished, quote mm-hmm. unquote, at the, end, at the end of the day, just an ongoing project. Absolutely. So how long, when did you guys, so I appreciate the timeline. So when did this start? Like we were going to go back, is this a three, four year adventure? It's hard to say. Like I, at <laughs> it least, meanders its way through, it's, I suppose. It's, we've had the with your love for yeah, coffee. We've had the, the big roaster coming up two years now. So it was probably at least three years before you started okay so not not that long not that long ago yeah Yeah, it's as far as hobbies go you're just really settling into it (laughs) it's it's a lot of fun yeah it's still enjoyable to go out there you got the nice stereo set up and sit out there and listen to the tunes and get the roaster going and just yeah no i could again grew up on a farm grew up in a rural environment and every fall we i've lived in an environment where they harvested corn Okay. for uh not for human consumption so you had to dry it down because it came off the field at you know 25 26 percent moisture but you couldn't store it at that because mm-hmm. it would go bad so you had to dry it down so corn drying was this 24-hour a day experience but it was very hands-on very similar big large more industrial operation but people would come around and stop in because you're just always out there yep. drying corn yep. Yep. <laughs> when you get the beans when they come in green can they how long can they be stored at green or, or is there a point where they can't keep past a certain point it depends i mean some people say that there is a limited shelf life on it others say they can find beans that are hundreds of years old like there is oh interesting like okay. a bean is a bean um they don't necessarily go bad they don't like, really like go a bad gra- like a grain like yeah. barley or wheat if it's got too high moisture when you store it it molts it goes yeah bad. it seems like now there is more of a push to make sure they're they're fresher like you want some you don't want to be roasting beans that are a couple of years old but if you're roasting to a dark dark roast it 
I don't think it really matters that much. Oh, interesting. Okay. Whereas you're using a lot of it as lighter roast now, so people want a lighter roast here to have more of the flavor, the fragrant flavor of the coffee. It okay. Might have Versus a floral flavor or a berry flavor. So then you want it fresher. Um, and also, it's the moisture content, kind of like the corn you're talking about. Okay. There is a moisture content. That's the only thing I have to relate it to. Yeah, there's a moisture content to the bean. That's what the roast is doing. So the first part of the roast is actually drying the bean because the okay. bean has, I think it's like 12% moisture in the bean. Okay, so that's so, they start at 12%? Yeah. So then Where corn, want, I know you get it down to about 12% to store it. Okay. So and that would actually make sense. It's probably the same idea for storage, yeah. so it's at 12%. So you want to have the, the that moisture. Makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. And when they harvest them off the field, they've already dried down to a certain point at that? Uh, so there's a berry still. Then they dry them. Right. Okay, there's, a, there's a first round. There's okay, a process. Yes, of it. Okay. Okay. And then, and then uh, now a lot of them are putting them in this uh, plastic um, bag, kind of, and then putting it in burlap. Before they were just in the burlap, which then they were more susceptible, susceptible to, um, well, whatever region you're going to. So you're coming to Calgary. It's a pretty dry place. It's yes, going it to dry is. anything out. Yeah, so it's it good. It's good it's that suck the moisture right out of it. Exactly. <laughs> so it's good that they're in bags. Then we keep actually all our beans inside. Um, because we roast in the garage, but we want our beans always to be at the same temperature before we start roasting them because there is a... Oh, the consistency. Cons- consistency, because yeah, you want your beans to be at a certain temperature. and then You don't you want your beans frozen or at zero exactly. degrees. Minus and the plus, yeah, minus 30 in the garage. It's kind of cold. So, I, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, so. <laughs> takes, the fun, takes the fun out of sitting around and listening to the tunes. <laughs> kind of, yes. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> no doubt. So you, know, you, your love for coffee, but yet you only drink one a day. So I'm assuming it's the flavor and the, like, the actual profile? It's the flavor, but it's also the process of making coffee. I'm also an espresso machine kind of guy. Ex- like I I've, understand. I've gone through – it took me a while to get some machines I really liked. It was, uh, again, the Calgary environment. I'd, I'd be going to buy these machines, and they'd go, oh, yeah, it worked before I put it away. All right? And then you get it home, and it's like, well, it worked until it got frozen. Right. Because mm. a lot of this stuff All here. All the little seals and O-rings and, and little pumps and just doesn't. The, and there, yeah. So we had two of them that didn't quite work, but I was able to use them for parts. And then I finally found another one that was really good, but again, it had frozen at some point. So we so had. that's to get, a big don't. Do not store your. Do not. In a, yeah. Okay. And don't good buy advice. it unless you can actually see it work. Don't buy it. Okay, um, that, that is rock solid advice. And uh, so you've got a good spare, a healthy spare parts bin. <laughs> yes, so we do have that so. in the arts garage. Of course, well, yeah. art comes in many shapes and sizes. I think an espresso machine could be a work of art. <laughs> and I think they are. Like there are. Like we had to get the one has uh, the boiler was cracked because it had frozen, but then you had to order it from Italy. So it actually is an artisan actually builds. That tank. It, take, it, it takes three or four months yeah. to order because someone has to build and then it. It's it has not to sitting come, on a shelf somewhere. And then it has to come over by ship. And it was. It was just like someone hand-built this piece of copper, you know, this this, this mm-hmm. boiler. And then it gets shipped over. And it's like, yeah, it's like a, it is a work of art. It's, Absolutely. It's a thing. Quite, there's, there's blood, sweat, and tears and, some yeah. love, and some probably a little bit of love in there. Yeah, and that's what I like about it. It's like they're not... These ones, they're not disposable. You want to keep them going. You right. Take care of them, and they're not just yeah. Buy a good piece of equipment like a 1920s printer, and then take care of it. Exactly. Right. There you go. And yes. the roaster don't have to throw itself, it away. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean that roaster's been around for ages. And yeah, the roaster's 30 years old, and just watching the way the gearing works on it and how it's put together and the quality of it, it's it's going to be in, in 100 years that machine will still be running. Still be running. Yeah. So how much maintenance on a machine like that? Is it just basically grease grease the right spots, and you're good to grease go? the right spot. You do have to break it down sometimes and clean it up because there is. The, there's a chaff that comes off of the beans, okay. uh, a skin, and that kind of gets everywhere. Oh, as it dries, the bean lets as go of that kind that, of layer. That, yeah, so it does collect it all, but that kind of gets into all the little pieces, so you do have to keep that clean. Mm-hmm. And 
and certainly coffee in the kitchen can be quite of a messy. It gets static in it. It gets oily. It's clean. Is it a very busy, beyond that chaff that comes off when you're roasting? Is it a quote unquote? Is it a, does it make a mess? <laughs> well, if you go to the darker roast, then you get more of that grease. You know, you get the shiny beans. Yes. Yeah. So that does get everywhere. That actually does leave a film everywhere. We don't okay. really go for the. The really dark, dark beans. So okay, okay. So that's the difference. Yeah. So many specifics in terms of the type of yes, and what yes. and what you and what you get out of it. So interesting. So you built this. So I know you guys when we chat on the phone. It's a lot about community. So do you have people? Do people stop in? Is it like Popeye on a Saturday afternoon because you're roasting? Is it they mm. just see you on the street and wave because you're the you're, you're the coffee guys? You're the coffee family. The, so tell, talk to me about the community. Like how much do you guys interact with them besides just high fives on the street? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's mostly my area, I guess. Okay. And, and Kira's the seven year old. Yeah, so there is there is a there is an underlying kind of goal here in terms of your daughter's. What t- talk to me about your daughter's involvement in this in this project, or, or maybe more so as she gets older. <laughs> well, eventually her role is supposed to be the delivery okay so within the community on her bike that's awesome in her basket and has she started to do that at all it's no. still seven you're yeah, still young seven, right? sorry young. I, you can tell this is a non someone who doesn't have kids it's like tyler's seven why would you even ask that because <laughs> i think when we started it was i was going well it'd be kind of cool because there's no paper routes anymore for kids mm-hmm. i thought when i was a kid that's you right. had a paper route totally right? did i thought well what we could do and i said if we got enough people interested that'd be kind of cool that kira could then deliver the coffee she'd have a bike with a basket on it and then she would, you know, go out and deliver the coffee for us. And that would be kind of cool. That's for now, awesome. she generally just goes out in the yard and starts chatting with the people that come up to the bar. <laughs> Which Sometimes is... she scares them away. <laughs> All of a sudden, like, you're just getting coffee and the seven-year-old wants to chat with you. That's right. <laughs> but that's great training as well. Get out, meet the people, talk to or people. Or she says, are you paying? Or... Yeah, yeah. Well, just give me the cash. You don't need to put it in the box. It's fine. That's right. Exactly. It's funny. I have my neighbor. Um, there's, how old is that? Like, he's nine or ten. But he started a business refilling uh, soda stream canisters. So his dad like bought all the valves and kind of set it up. And so it's like a steady stream of people now coming up into their house. I see all the time. And sometimes when they're away, we help them out and kind of meet his orders. But he's got this amazing following. He's come up with a little brand, calls himself the Soda Kid. And like his dad even talked to me. He goes, Tyler, I think I've created a bit of the monster. Like this kid is making more money than somebody who has a minimum wage job working full time. Because he does them for half price. So instead of $20 if you go to the store, $10 for a soda stream canister. But it just (laughs) reminded me of what that whole thing. And he's learning to manage his customers and has he got a cell phone specifically to interact wow. with people oh, wow. and you know, I think he's 9 or 10 he's, he's, he's a smart little kid but he, they're, they're creating this environment for him to learn and, and he's making money along the way and it's great because half price I'm in like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll do it's it wonderful yeah no it's, it just reminded me of your guys story when we, when we chatted Atlee and his or as he likes to be referred to as the, so, the soda kid which I, I love <laughs> I love his brand as well he actually reached out to me once and said Tyler I'm mean, running this business and it was like getting, a, getting an email from a business owner I think mom might have had a hand in writing it in hindsight but I gave him some advice and then he comes back to me a month later and said here's all the things I tried and I started a Facebook page and wow. I gave referral bonuses and it was really it was, it was oh, actually wow. pretty impressive wow at like oh. nine ten years old so mm-hmm. I'm like it's going to be a tycoon of some kind mm-hmm. some kind down the road mm-hmm. so where do you guys see this going like because clearly it's 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 yikes. it's growing <laughs> did you say yikes <laughs> yes I did <laughs> uh, I do appreciate an honest answer so what, what's the future <laughs> of uh, Mount Pleasant Coffee Roastery <laughs> well I think as Rick was saying, it's kind of hard to predict how many customers we have right now because it's changed so much from, you know, really friends and family and neighbors to all of a sudden more and more people. The friends of those friends and those family and neighbors. Mm. Right. And the CBC folks and the CTV folks. Excellent. 
<laughs> and hopefully I would like to contribute the to the Tyler same. Chisholm yeah, followers. Yeah, Tyler Chisholm folks. <laughs> exactly. What? So it, we don't so really know. It's so important to get these stories out, yeah. How more. many people are actually coming, and it's just been changing. Um, so I guess we'll have to see where we take it. That's fair. I'm assuming you guys are just, for you, you gauge it on how many times you have to fill those little red boxes. Precisely. And, yeah, uh, and how many roasts we have to do? How many times a, a day week? do you guys go and check those boxes to see if they're? Because last night I was a little worried. I drew, mm. make the drive, and I'm like, I hope there's some in there. There was three bags. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. It's great. But I was like, do I call? Do I check in advance? Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do the old fashioned. I'm just gonna stop by. <laughs> right. Yeah. So and do, that generally works. Yeah. There's what What happens something. if it's empty? Do people bang on your window? Do they like throw rocks at the door to get your attention? <laughs> what happens then? We have had the occasional phone call or email. Okay. It's, oh yeah, you've got your. Do you have your? Do you have your phone number on the box? I didn't even. No, no, no. I, did, I didn't number. think so. I was like, I didn't <laughs> see your phone number. No, no you don't want that. Let's not get carried away here. We don't want people calling up. Calling us? No, but they do. People. There is a, a a little website we had that has information on it. But okay. people do call us, and if somebody wants something, or they say, "I want to do an order," we don't really do orders online. But if they send an order in, we can sometimes just mark a bag for them that they want. They want a bag or two bags. We'll just put their name on the bag and say, just go pick it up at, in front of oh, the okay. House. So people so, can kind of like, yeah. you know. Because we don't have people coming there, especially if they're coming from a distance. And some people have been, I think there was someone from BC who was traveling through and they wanted to make sure there was coffee for mm-hmm. them when they came through. Which is fair. So we just make sure there's And the type there. A person in me was like, oh, I wonder if it's going to be there. And, you know, it was a 13-minute drive, I believe. But, you know, you still want it. But yeah, I had a great experience. Yeah. It was 100% That's there. good. Yeah, no, absolutely. But there was that moment of the the over anxious me going, Oh, should I check? And what if it's not? And, but that's not part that's also part of the experience. Like we live in this world of, we expect everything to be available 24 seven, you know, back to the, you said about seasonality, like that thing should only be available that time right. it's in season, but we have grown accustomed to no, I want oranges 12 months of the year and that's I want right. it to look the same. It's slightly, it's, it's very unrealistic and I don't feel in the long run, it's even sustainable. <laughs> you know, for you guys doing something that way of like, yeah, we didn't do a batch today. That's how that's, you know, that's the artisan. Sure. The artisan had a, had a day off. He was doing it that day. There you go. Right. <laughs> If you are worried, you can always just send us a quick note. And like Rick said, which I know, which I appreciate. We... What, what is the website? MountPleasantRoastery.ca. Perfect. I'm assuming Glad there's, only, there's only one. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's awesome. Um, I want to touch on this. I skipped past and I didn't ask. Do you have a recommend if I if someone's going to go out and buy an espresso machine? Is there certain brands like I know you talked about? Don't buy it that's been frozen. Don't buy it unless you see it work. Good kind of rules. But is there any brands or something someone someone who wants to get a little more serious should look into? Uh, not really brands. If they went to um, the Cappuccino King, okay, uh, just off Edmonton Trail, they have a really great selection of really qual- good quality machines from home machines to to uh, commercial machines. But they have a very Good selection, plus they repair so, there as well. So those so are the guys. Those, those are the guys. Those are the guys yeah, you should talk they to. They kind of, yeah. And what, what do you need to, because I know I've had this conversation with friends that have over, like bought really expensive and it wasn't great. I've had friends that have bought used and had great experiences. Mm-hmm. Is there kind of a minimum, like what's the threshold to get into a good home use, but something that's going to last and the kind of quality that you're talking about? Uh, I think you can get into the Rensilio, I think it's called a Silvia. It's the... It's a home machine, so it has a tank you fill up. Okay, so you don't have to have um, water. You don't, you don't have to have, have it plumbed in. Um, and they're about a thousand dollars, I think, or just under under a thousand dollars. Okay, okay. So, so you're and not... they're and they're a very nice machine. They're very good. So you can make very good espresso with those. Okay. And it's more the grinder. You want to get yourself a good grinder too. You want a nice burr grinder. You don't want to be using the one with the blade, the chopping blade. You want a, a nice a nice grinder to get, and that has multiple selections for how gr- how fine you can grind it. Because okay. again. If it's uh, 
if the bean has just been roasted, there's actually a different grind to it. It has to be maybe not as uh, as fine sometimes. Okay, a little bit more coarse if it's yeah, more fresh. Yeah, fresh. And, Interesting. Um, so yeah, do you want something that has some adjustment to it? Because you just and some micro adjustments because you just want to get the grind correct. And the grind correct, you're going to see that in the flavor and the way it. It's, it's the flavor. Up. It's how long the grind and how long you how hard you tap it with your yep. is. And then how long it takes for the water to be pushed through the portafilter into your into your cup. It seems like such a simple everyday, you know, like very pedestrian thing, coffee. But when you really unpack it, yeah, <laughs> how much is required and why they why there's a difference between a good coffee and a bad yeah, coffee. Yeah, I mean that's why that's someone's job in Italy. They just make the coffee. They are yes. trained to make coffee. That's the thing. Treated with a so, li- treated yeah. a little bit more differently than we treated here. Yeah, I mean here mass. it is. We're just a lot of it is they're just pushing a button. Right. There's really not much involved. It's been, but again, if you, yeah, it is, there is an art to it. Mm-hmm. No, and I appreciate the trial and error and then working on the, you know, getting gummos and also practicing understanding. It's like I have friends that are sommeliers and things like that. Like if you want to learn about wine, you have to drink, you have to try a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you have to yeah. drink a lot. You have to experience that flavor and, yeah. and see what you like and what you don't like. And mm-hmm. then also then if, I, if, I, if it's this way, what do I have to change to make it? Is that the grind? Is that the way I tamped it? Is it the beans? And that's is the whole like thing. Like so I mean, many variables. <laughs> if you go to um, at Phil and Sebastian in town, if you know it, they're always weighing it. Yes. They have a scale because they want to have the same amount of coffee each time. For consistency. And, and then a lot of them for your um, your tapper, they can actually get ones that have a pressure gauge on it. So oh, so you can actually see how much pressure see, you're putting. Oh, yeah. interesting. Or they'll, they'll click when you've got to the proper pressure. So mm-hmm. there's lots of different things. But again, do you want to do that or do you want to actually learn to do it and yes. adjust it. Well, the difference is also I appreciate a commercial environment where, yeah. they're, where they're doing volume mm-hmm. versus at home. I have the time. Yeah. It's my counter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, you know, I don't necessarily, but we all like to geek out sometimes a little bit. So the gauge, yeah. I'm like, oh, or the click sounds, sounds interesting <laughs> as well. And I'm assuming there's a million websites and, and yeah. YouTube videos that oh, yes. can go down oh, this yes. path. Yes. And then it's also the temperature of the water coming through and you don't want the water there too hot or too cold. And then the pressure of the water being pushed through, there's, that's, there's all those little... Consistent things, consistencies that have to be right mm-hmm. to make a very good cup of coffee, and that's my thing. Is makes, makes not, me want to drink more coffee. This yeah. whole conversation because my thing is just I just want my one coffee a day, but I want it to be a good coffee. So that's my that's kind of how I got I, I, to I, roasting I, coffee. I, I, I appreciate that. I, every good hobby starts with kind of a selfish bent at the end of the day. You know what? I need to solve my problem first, and I realize other people also had this problem. Do you guys ever get impact, uh, input from your from your customers like, hey, I love your coffee, or it's really gotten me into it? I'm sure you must hear some stories. Definitely. So what, what are some of the ones that like you know either make you smile or have kind of like, because I'm sure some days you're like, okay, this is a lot of work. But you know what? One good story can keep you going. Is there any, is there any fun ones you guys want to share? Well, we definitely hear about it. When Kira and I are out in the neighborhood, I've had many, many people come up and say, you know, we only buy your coffee. It's the only coffee we'll drink anymore. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so many, and it tastes better because there's a good story. You know what I mean? Like that, that is such, it's such an experience, you know, the wine world of like where you bought it and who you were with and that whole thing around it versus like you said, you guys are really so much more, you guys are so about the community. And I think that we're kind of almost going full circle. I grew up in a small town, so that's just the way it was. We when I moved to a city and see people wanting that same type of like, I want to know my neighbor. I want to get milk from this person, eggs from that person and coffee from right. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Didn't somebody else write about the fact that it was the small town box coming to the bigger city? 
That's right. Yeah. Totally. I've always felt, I think even maybe you and I talked about this, Calgary's the biggest small town I ever, I've mm. ever lived in. Mm-hmm. So when I see it, it, it kind of works. It's not really out of place, like, oh, I can't believe that's happening in Calgary. It kind of makes sense that it is. And when I came to your neighborhood, it felt like a neighborhood. It felt like a community. Mm, it definitely feels like that. The neighbors have commented on the fact that they've watched numerous cars pull up in that hole. <laughs> For sure, I did too. The first time you pull up, you're kind of a little bit like, you feel a bit awkward. I see the box, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to walk over to it. You kind of watch it. It was a funny experience because you feel a bit self-conscious. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty easy. (laughs) No, I went through the whole feeling of last night of like, I'm kind of creeping up to someone's house. Like, what's going on here? But I wouldn't think twice if that was my neighbor back in the small town where I grew up because they would already know them. I'd wave and that would be the end of that. (laughs) And the only one staring at you will be... Kira, the seven-year-old. I'm sorry I didn't miss her. I did. Yeah, I was gonna. I looked around. It seemed pretty quiet, so I didn't bother you guys. I knew I was gonna see. I was gonna see you this morning. Any funny stories? Any things that have happened which you're like, oh my god, I can't believe that that just happened because we're selling coffee in our neighborhood. Just lots and lots of people commenting on the coffee. So you know, I will be out or with my daughter or without, and many, many people saying, oh, are you the coffee person? And that's awesome. Yeah, so it's very, uh, very nice. That's so fun for you guys. You guys have been in that, you've been in that location for quite a while. We have. Rick's been there longer than I have been. That's how we met. Yes. Oh, nice, because you guys are both from the West Coast, right? Both from the West Coast. Came to Calgary and then But did not meet there. Nice. (laughs) Calgary's a great city. I met my wife here as well, so Calgary's a great city. But there's, Uh, like, one of the neighbors even sent their kids, like, when I was a kid, your parents would send you to the corner store to pick up something. No one really sends their kids to the corner store anymore, I don't think. It's not not the way it used to be. It's not the way it used to be, but they actually sent their kids to go pick up coffee they gave them some money they said okay if there's you know if there's two bags or whatever here's twenty dollars and you know, put that there's in one the bag only here's ten yeah here's ten dollars Saturday yeah. morning yeah, parents so are not wanting to get up going we don't care just grab what's awesome. there here's the money we're please out of come, coffee please come back with coffee <laughs> that's fantastic is there busier times like, is there a, th- is it, do you notice there's waves of it? Or I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just curious. I would say more towards the weekend. Yeah, usually towards I'm... the weekend. And a lot of, I think a lot of our customers, uh, the old customers and the new probably are all, a lot of dog walkers. Cause it's, oh, that's oh, true. It's, they're out it, it is, because we always make sure it is stocked. So it's maybe nine o'clock at night. We make sure it's mm-hmm. stocked, you know, because there you'll find in the next morning, wow, someone came and bought all the coffee up and it's because, you know, someone was out walking the dog probably and came by. So it's. Well, the convenience factor, and it's so easy, and it's right there, and it yeah. becomes your route. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So. Now, what a, what a fun way to engage the community on, on so many levels, the passion that you guys had to do something with your hands and to do something, that artisan-style approach, which I, which I love, and so many people are kind of coming back there because I think we missed mm-hmm. it. We get so disconnected from the things that we do. And absolutely. to, you know, I grew up in a rural environment versus where I work now in marketing. It's so much just these ongoing projects. You know, it's, it's rare you get those moments of you get to, like, oh, hold it in your hands and go, I, I did that, did that thing. That mm-hmm. Combined with that sense of community and creating that trust and being able to be part of that, it's such a nourishing way for people to buy in. Not only are they getting good coffee from people they know, they're part of this trust circle of honor. And, and I don't even want to ask, but have you had That's any bad? What it's ha- about. Have you had any coffee disappear, or is it is it pretty good? Very infrequently. Okay. I wondered that. My, my wife asked that when I go, she goes, do you think they get, think people uh-huh. just take it? Like, what do you think happens? I'm like, I don't know. It just didn't feel like that. Generally like that. speaking, I think if you put that out there, the trust factor, people give it back. I, yes, I would and totally agree. And that's kind of what it's about. It would have felt so... It's meant like, to encourage that. Yes. No, well, you gotta, when, you, when you go around with fear, you kind of get that back. When Absolutely. You go, when you go around with trust, right. you get trust it's back. It's like leaving your doors unlocked. Because we sometimes get, mm. get notes, and there's like, oh, sometimes yeah, people won't right. have money. And we'll say, well, just don't. Like, next time you repair, just put, put the money in it for it. So 
we have had notes. Oh, last Promissory week. notes. A few weeks ago, I bought some coffee, and I, I didn't have any money, but here's the money, and I bought another bag, and she leave little notes in the box as well, which is really quite nice. It's such a good, people are, there's that inherent goodness, but if you give it, if you create the opportunity. Yeah. If everyone's going, batting down the hatches and stay inside your own little bubble, well, you don't, you don't get that because you're not, you're not putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Really good for you guys. I want it. Huge kudos. When I saw the story and Julie like caught her eye and then I read it, and then you and I chatted on the phone and it reminded me of so many things of kind of where I came from with the can of syrup here sitting on the table. And that's always was the case. Someone would come pick up a gallon and oh, I'll stop by next week and pay you. It's just, it, you mm-hmm. didn't even question it. You didn't even have to think you were putting it out there. It's just the way everybody was because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're your neighbors. They live down the road from you for mm-hmm. 10 years. They're not, they're not going to not give you the 20 bucks or whatever, or whatever yeah. it is. You didn't even consider it. It was all based on the honor system because in those small communities, the, everybody knew everybody's. So there wasn't, you know, or the guy who didn't pay, everybody knew who he was too. <laughs> so that growing up in that and seeing you guys do it in Calgary, it just, it, to me, it just made sense. So thank you so much for, um, as introverts, as you both expressed to me when you first came on the show, coming on and sharing a little bit of your story. I think, uh, I hope I'm certainly leaving a bit inspired and uh, realizing I need to go down the rabbit hole a bit deeper on my coffee obsession. <laughs> I like go. coffee, but I really haven't nerded out on it too bad. So you might, you might be here. I might be stopping by the roastery on a Saturday afternoon for some, for some tips and tricks. Yep. It's always the roast. We're always roasting on the, on the weekend on Saturday and the espresso machine is always running as well on this, in the garage. That's uh, one of the things. Well, there's a real, there's a real, yeah. that's a real drawing card. <laughs> that is one of the things we wanted to work towards, right? Sort of doing a Saturday morning back alley pop-up while Excellent. the roasting's happening. Oh, so this can, this has the potential to get right out of hand. <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys, I think we chatted about it. If you're familiar with uh, Graham Sherman, he runs Toolshed Brewing. Okay, yes. Graham started obsessing over coffee. Okay. And then he moved to beer because he's like, I realized I love things that bring people together. And he goes, coffee brings people together, but beer really brings people together. There you go. And he made the joke like, if something's worth getting into, it's worth taking it way too far. <laughs> this is go. the guy that now has a full brewery, but his, his, his journey down that path started with coffee. Really? Yeah. Wow. I had him on the podcast. Okay. So we just put his episode out a couple weeks ago. It's a great story. Cause he started there and then just evolved into beer and kind of yeah. really, and he's a techno techno geek self-proclaimed. Yep. So he goes, I had sensors on this and I, I went way too far. And that was yep. his joke that he made, okay. but I appreciate it. There's a lot of things that resonate in the, the way you guys telling the story. And it was all about bringing people around. That's mm-hmm. what he said. It wasn't about coffee. It wasn't about beer. It was about the community That's that right. you create, yeah, and when you absolutely. just when you just you know bring off a new batch of beer and tell your buddies, you don't have to invite them over; they just come <laughs> over. <laughs> so very similar. So Saturday morning, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw. Out, is it okay if I throw out the address? Sure. Yeah, 601 19th Ave Northwest, um, and it's the Fifth Street Fence is the one where I bought. That's the one, and we roast at the 515 18th Avenue. Okay, perfect. Oh, that's the roasting. Oh, good. Okay, okay. So one is where the coffee boxes are, and then one is where the roastery is. Watch for the smoke. Watch for the smoke. There you go. That's awesome. (laughs) Does it give off a coffee smell? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, so it really pulls people in. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And mountpleasantroastery.ca, you said, was the website. That's right. People want to get a little bit more information. So thank you both for coming in this morning. I really enjoyed our chat. Thank you very Very much. Thank you very much.